Just as a reminder, you can visit us at thepandapod.com. That's thepandapod.com to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share PandaPod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through podcast at thepandapod.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome everybody to this edition of the Panda Pod. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about Armageddon. Not necessarily biblical, however, there's lots of different Armageddons, and we're going to pick apart this topic a little bit. Um, so today we got a uh, Jeff and Rab with us. Hello. Hey. And we're going to go ahead, like normal, and go ahead and kick it off. So today we're going, like I said, we've got a, a different set of topics to talk about um, when we're discussing Armageddon. And we're going to start off by talking a little bit about climate change. Um, and then we'll have some have some more, some more thoughts. So um, with climate change, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to lead, lead it over to Rab. And he's going to give us a little bit of, of his thoughts about this. Yeah, so this is climate change. You know it, you love it. My personal favorite flavor of Armageddon. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we've not all my got favorite. a favorite. Yeah, perhaps not my favorite, but the one that I feel like is most likely to affect us. Um, so, you know, um, earlier this year, the IPCC, sorry, IPCC published their climate report. Um, and it seems like we are already at 1.1 degrees Celsius of global warming, and uh, that it's likely to reach 1.5 between 2030 and 2035. So those are both pretty alarming facts. And also, you know, it seems like a lot of climate scientists believe that we're currently exceeding even what was predicted. You know, estimates keep getting shorter and shorter, right? So, I mean, it seems like we could hit 1.5 even faster than that, potentially. So what is the significance of that 1.5 degree, you know, whatever? Marker. Yeah. So yeah. the main um, significance of 1.5 is that that was like what the Paris Climate Accord said that we might not hit. Like mm. if everybody chipped in right when that thing started, uh, the goal was to like stop at 1.5, basically. Gotcha. I feel like I remember something about like three degrees being like the true tipping point of no return. Right. Well, I mean, no return, I guess, can mean a couple of different things, right? Sure, I mean, sure. So, That's a little hyperbolic, I guess. Well, yeah. So so no return, I mean, it, it, it you could mean like it would take hundreds of years to bring it back down. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it, the current IPC... IPCC report says um, 3.2 degrees by 2100. That's the current projection. Gotcha. With current climate policies, obviously. Because, mm. uh, I mean, a 75-year horizon is enough that you can imagine things potentially changing, right? Like the 10-year horizon, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if things change in the next 10 years, but it's a lot less likely than 75 years, you know? Interesting. Yeah, so so the different numbers can mean different things, like you were saying, right? So there's one point where it starts affecting the ice caps, which we've which we've all heard about, right? So right, right. I mean, we're already number, there, right? right? We're on the we're on the point where it's affecting ice caps, so which means the has a, a number of different effects. So there's the desalination of the ocean because pure water is getting mixed with salt water, creating back brackish water and and all of those kinds of things. But also, so the next one would be that it starts affecting things like the coral reefs, which it has. So yeah. the coral reefs are, are disappearing, which is an, an ecosystem problem uh, for the ocean. Also, because of the extra water from the ice caps, there's also a weakening of the big stream. I believe it's in the Atlantic. The Gulf Stream? Yeah, the Gulf the Gulf Stream. And there's a, that stream is a big, powerful force that it has a, a number of different things that it 
it hits on. Um, one of those things is animal migrations. Another one is it affects weather, weather patterns, and and that is weakening, which is not it was very very not good. Right. That next route, like where we get a little warmer, warmer than that, it starts affecting general area climate. Right. So places like the desert gets even warmer than it was and places that are colder get warmer. So they get it, it just which affects all the, the animal life and everything and areas where there's crops growing and things like that. It makes it more difficult to grow crops that are used to a specific climate. So it just starts to get bad overall. So then we have we start to see food scarcity even worse than what it is. And then just worse and worse and worse from there, as shown by this current summer. Uh, right. And how record-breaking the temperatures have been this summer. One thing, while, while you're talking about animals uh, that doesn't get talked about a lot, is like the loss of biodiversity and how that really affects like our ability to create new medicines and stuff like that. Like We get a lot of ideas about that kind of stuff from animals and plants. I hadn't heard that one before. What it, what are, what's, can you dig a little deeper into that? I mean, like, aspirin famously came off a tree, right? I mean, but... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But nowadays, the way it works is more like scientists examine how cellular structures work and stuff, right? Like, they, you know, learn about those things by looking at how animals have unique different kinds of, um, uh, you know, or like how their cells form together into organs and things, right? Yeah, and, and speaking of, of the like medicine from trees and things like that right so we get a lot of our medications and a lot of historically a lot of our medications from items in the rainforest right and the great rainforest is shrinking not i don't think necessarily due to climate change i think that's more a people problem um because they're cutting down so that they can make farmland and they're digging and drilling for precious metals and all those kinds of stuff but it's related because if um if the the less rainforest we have the more carbon dioxide will be in the atmosphere and the right. more global warming will potentially get worse yeah many of those those carbon dioxide scrubbers you know yeah Oh, God already gave us one. It's called a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our, I mean, our, our forests have taken a huge hit. Um, I mean, even just naturally. I mean, the, the wildfires. Right. And particularly in multiple countries. I mean, not only were we hit here in America, but Australia had the big one. Um and and it just it's gonna keep getting worse like yeah that those things replenish themselves themselves i mean it can be good overall for those to burn down and then regrow a new forest however it take that takes time right and so we won't see the effect of that for a while well it's certainly the case that um those ecosystems are made to burn occasionally and um human interference somewhat has prevented them especially in the case of like california um at the pacific northwest like human interference has stopped burning because they don't want you know all the real estate to (laughs) burn up in smoke basically right um and so i mean some of those areas are to some degree meant to burn but it's increasing in uh its devastating effects due to climate change yeah it's really taking a big toll and you know the less trees we have the the worse it gets like we said and um that doesn't show any sign of slowing at all um they've uh, fires have increased year over year in both like the ferocity and the damage and the areas of which they're they're happening and right it's i don't know it's i don't know what to do about that one there's not much to do there unless we're gonna all go out and plant some trees which i don't see people actually doing (laughs) yeah well um i mean if it's oh shoot i had a point hang on it's okay it'll come back it's the aliens (laughs) again bro yeah the aliens really do not like when you think of things 
Actually, it's the Archons that don't like it when you think of things. Right. Not the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other topic, though. Okay, so I remember what I was going to say. Thanks, guys. Um, so uh, I was going to uh, mention the fact that, you know, uh, this stuff gets worse because of climate change, but it also makes climate change worse. I mean, there's a lot of things that are almost vicious cycles. Um, right. And yeah, it's a snowball. The, uh, the another big one is the the tundra unfreezing. There's a lot of methane gas trapped under the tundra. Yeah, methane seeps in the Arctic are definitely a major concern. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm marking a lot of clips today, boys. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. Um, yeah. I've so someone... oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Rap. We're really off our ball today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone talking about the methane stuff uh, with the idea that it would be pretty funny if, like, none of this actually matters because when that stuff releases, the entire Earth just explodes, basically. Like, it's, it's one big fireball all around us at once. <laughs> that's that's an interesting um, inroads to a conversation I want to have, which is why we should actually care about this. You know? Right. Why, why we should actually care about about climate change there's a, a large contingent of people who care about it because they care about the earth and i appreciate that except that the earth's going to be fine right. <laughs> like the earth's going to recover from this the real reason to worry about this is is us you know like we might not recover from it if we don't do something about it you know and like in the interest of preserving humanity and you know not completely screwing over our offspring it's a really good idea that we care about this and i feel like if more of the um like coverage and like in what's the word i'm looking for like news coverage yeah the like if more of the news coverage was focused on you know, the human impact over the Earth impact. I, actually, you know what? That's not true. Let me take that back. It's not the news coverage. The news does a pretty good job of that. I think the, like... Oh, I can't think of words. Conservationists. If, if the conservationists would focus more on the human aspect over the Earth aspect, I feel like that would trigger more emotion and response in people than than trying to make it all about the earth, especially to Christians, because there's this whole like manifest destiny mindset to Christianity. Um, you know, believing that we're here on this earth. It doesn't matter what we do to it because God's just going to take us away. You know, I, I see that when I, I talk to, you know, relatives and like religious people about this conversation, you know, they, they don't care about it because God's just going to save them. You know, like, of course, we're supposed to use this world. Of course, we're supposed to be doing what we're doing. You know, God made this world for us to do whatever we want with. And then he's going to come save us. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> we, we yeah, if that doesn't happen, it's kind of a real scary prospect, you know. So maybe we should be doing a little better job here. Well, they do say that the the biggest concern that they have right now and the biggest hurdle that they have to get over is apathy. Um, mm -hmm. the fact that humans only respond to, we only respond to the thing that's urgent. It's hard for us to say, okay, um, in 20 years from now, if we don't do something, um, we generally can't, we, we, we prioritize the now over the future. We always have, um, and we're on the track to say that we always will. And that's just the sad truth of it. And in some ways, people literally every day feeling the effects has just begun. I mean, at least in yeah, the U.S. True. I guess there's there's that that's that's true for the U.S. only. I would say, um, you know, and and probably only the upper class portions of the U.S. I guess, but the you know. Um, I mean, o overseas, I guess there's there's like there's big floods in Pakistan. I mean, there's been many. It, singular events but nothing that has been so ambient as the heat this year i guess yeah it is a warm warm year in 2023 
Yeah, so so I have some some thoughts on this that I kind of want to get into because it's kind of touched on different parts that we've already talked about. So I kind of want to dig into some information here real quick. So so one of the things that you mentioned, Rab, was the report from uh, the IPCC. The IPCC uses, and most of of the um, climate scientists use specific models to deliver um, to get into to get their information on on what they're going to say about climate change. Um, and their models are based on some very specific data points um, that haven't actually been narrowed down yet. So, um, so one of the things that that I found out was so th- there's an article, um, and according to that article, which just in case anybody wants to look it up, it was written on Nature.com. Um, and it's titled Revisiting the Holocene Global Temperature Conundrum by Daryl Kaufman and Ellie Broadman. So they consolidated research from about 143 different papers um, that were done from climate scholars. And the evidence from indicators and drivers of global change as looked at from proxy records and simulated by climate models uh, evaluated whether pollution or environmental change originating in human activity was preceded by either a long-term warming trend or by global cooling. So this is the idea that was the world actually heating up or was it cooling before we started interfering? And the reason why this matters is because the models that we use are based on the assumption that cooling is what was happening before the human industrial area era that's the consensus is that the world was cooling before we showed up in the industrial area and started making it worse now if it was warming rather than cooling then our models are way off the mark and and there's confusion as to whether or not it was cooling or heating interesting so so the thing here to to keep in mind and we already kind of talked to this which is if we're right and global warming increases are because of a mass increase in greenhouse gases, right? Which is the the current um, the current thought, then we're not doing enough, right? Like we can agree on that. Like we're not doing enough if we want to stay, which is kind of what we just talked about. Right. Like if we we don't want this to affect humans, then we're not doing enough. But if we're wrong, then we're acting on completely inaccurate information which is just as bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> like 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 there's two different sides of the story and nobody knows what the actual truth is. So sure. so at best 50% we know what's going on, 100% we're not doing the right thing. Um which kind of goes back to what the other thing we were talking about is to whether or not there was actually a um uh, when humans prioritize the now over over the later, right, as a trend, and like we talk, also like we talked about, so occurring according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the NOAA, and NASA, Earth in 2023 saw its warmest July since temperatures started being recorded by humans, which was about 174 years ago. Sure. So that's definitely happening and humans are definitely a percentage of the cause i mean but 147 years in the grand scheme of things is not a long time to be tracking you know weather patterns you know what i mean right so so 174 years is like you like you're saying like or like i said it's all the data however the earth is approximately 4.54 billion years old (laughs) plus or minus 50 million years whatever the fuck that means sure so so let's say it, it, my personal thought about this is that 
and it's very similar to what Jeff was trying to get at, is that it's incredibly naive and unscientific for us to say that we know what the historical trends are based on our information of 0.0000383% of the world's history. Well, it, it, it's not totally true that that's all the information we have, though, because you can um, tell through like fossil patterns and stuff generally right. what temperatures were at different eras right Right. and that's part of the things that they were that that um i was mentioning like they're trying to to figure out now which is the case because there's scientific evidence pointing to both things that the world was cooling and that the world was warming because it changes one thing that that most people don't understand is that yes the global temperature is a thing but also temperature can change just based on the geographic area so part of the world can be cooling and part of the world can be warming at the same time sure sure so but i mean that's why we look at global averages though right right that's why we have a global average so we can see what's going on but global warming isn't going to like like rap pointed out it's not going to affect the entire world the same way at the same time oh sure and there's no way we can predict that so yeah like there is obviously a a need for like stepping back and looking at the big picture of it all i mean if we are not causing the current trend of climate change and i think it i think it's hubris to say that we have a major effect i also think it's hubris to say that we aren't having an effect Sure. Know? Yeah, we're definitely like, having effect. We're having but... some kind of effect on yeah. things, you know. Maybe we're quickening or slowing different natural processes in some way or but I also think it's totally possible that this is just uh you know, it's just weather being weather, you know, like or the earth going through its natural cycles. You know, we talked about tracking, you know, trends and patterns uh, from, you know, pre-recorded you know temperature history and you know they do like core sampling of like the ice caps and things like this and it seems like every time i shouldn't say every time i go out there but every time i hear about that kind of thing you know it's new conflicting information because we're just finding out more and more yeah and and they're they're taking information from tree rings Mm-hmm. So like the crazy old trees that we have, um, they're they're taking samples from um, just from the ground, trying to figure out, you know, how long it was it from this period and what kind of um, like metals have been created from just the the pressure and stuff like that. And they just they don't know there's too much conflicting information for them to know right now and not to mention that people are people and they don't agree with each other so there's just some people that just won't be like yes the world was in a cooling process or yes the world was in a heat process just because they want to be right so there's also human hubris like whichever way you want to look at it i just think that I didn't want to sound dismissive of the issue before when I was saying what I was saying, because I, I, I personally do think that it's something we should be, you know, talking about and actively trying to improve. Because regardless of whether or not the world's ending because of what we're doing, you know, that doesn't mean we can't improve what we're doing and we shouldn't and we shouldn't do it as quickly as possible as well. You know, like there's no sense in and polluting or anything like that any more than we absolutely have to and choosing to neglect progress in that regard for the sake of profits is extremely short-sighted you know right um but i am saying that you know maybe a bit of I'm trying. I can't think of the word. Man, Mercury's doing the most right now. <laughs> Mercury retrograde is kicking my ass. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're lo- you, you want people to be a little bit more um, uh, pragmatic and maybe not so. Yes, um, pragmatic was the word. Good job. Damn. Yeah. Kudos. Uh, so yeah, I think people should just be more pragmatic about it. You know, don't. There's no sense in panicking. You know, it's okay to be urgent, but like, don't just get 
Ooh, I can't think of words. Well, well that's good I, advice in general, yeah. though, because if it's that far, I mean, it, it, ultimately, even though it is here, it's also something that's far in the future. And if you just panic about it, it's not really possible to take actions that actually help your future. Right. This is something that Ellie and I were talking about yesterday, th that it's almost of a, um, like... <sighs> Well, some people use it as a as a way out, like an excuse to not care. If it's that bad, then just I mean, even if you believe in it, you could you could just say, well, it's so bad that it's not worth messing with. Right. Yeah. So that that's what I was trying to get to. Thank you. Um, is I think it's a bit of a scarcity. Like we get into a scarcity mindset with it, where uh, it's easy to look at things going wrong, and in that panic you know, make panic decisions that are, are more short-sighted, you know? So just stepping out a longer view on things and, you know, just a, a measured approach to how to solve this, you know, quit getting mad when the accords don't go according to, to plan, you know, do keep having the accords, do keep making the progress, but don't, you don't have to Greta Thurnberg or whatever her name is, everything, sure. you know? You know, you don't have to be that aggressive. You don't have to be in the face. You don't have to be that, you know, um... upfront. Yeah, yeah, uh, abrasive. <laughs> I guess is the word I'm looking for. It's okay. You know? We'll fill in your words, Jeff. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank about you. It. We, I appreciate we got, it. We got we got you today. Um, so something that that I wanted to to hit on real quick. Um, so. And this came about because of the conversation that I was actually having with Rab the other day. Um, Rab was talking about the different countries um, and how they are on pollution. And so I started looking at the information myself. And what I noticed was, one, the biggest country that has the, the biggest pollution problem um, is China. Um, which shouldn't be surprising because they're the majority of the world's manufacturing. Um, and we still run on fossil fuels and they very much do. Um, and so, so I would be quick to say like, okay, well let's, let's, we need to focus on China, right? We got to get them on board. We got to get them thinking about what they're doing and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I don't think we actually have to, because something to keep in mind is China China has – the reason why they have so much is it's not necessarily that they have the biggest output of greenhouse gases per person, because they don't. It's actually the U.S. that has the biggest output of greenhouse gases per person. However, um, China does account for – the biggest pot by double what the America brings out by what America brings out. But the reason why I'm saying is we don't need to worry about China so much is because right now their population is in a very sharp inverted pyramid and they're losing like, like their, their population is so old um, and they're not having kids. And so the impact of how much they'll actually be able to produce over the next couple decades is just going to keep shrinking, which means less pollution. Now, what that doesn't mean, and most people, most like politicians and most like people in, in the, the rounds that I've heard have said that that manufacturing will probably move to India. Right. Yeah. So it will go, will start going back up again so it's not actually china that we need to worry about it's actually india yeah yeah well it's actually the manufacturing right i mean <laughs> well yeah yes but but one of the things that, here's the problem and i think this is some i don't i don't know whether or not this is something that i talked about before or not but when you're creating so what it takes to create things like uh, wind turbines and things like that. Like we currently make those things using fossil fuels. So it would take a very, very long time for us to, and a lot of fossil fuels for us to get to a point where it actually 
pays for itself and that's not just because it not just the initial cost in fossil fuels but also for replacement parts and things like that because this tech breaks down all the time especially windmills those things those blades break all the time so so we can't just cut off the faucet because if we cut off the faucet everything stops sure um i mean i mean we could yeah, I mean, I guess we could, but we're really going to go back a couple centuries in tech sure. um, if we just turned off the faucets. So we've got to come up with a plan for them to be sustainable going forward and push that. And then we also need to take care of stuff in the U.S. I just wanted to say that real quick. I'm not saying that it's just Eastern countries. It's also well, us. But... Yeah, we could stop needing the goods as much. That's true. Yeah, a, a shift in like how people use technology could could do a a, a, a lot of good in, in curbing our current use. Yeah. Well, not to mention it's super hard for us to recycle that shit. Like yeah. if we if we had a good way to recycle technology, like it'd be great, but we just don't. And technology, the the versions of the technology that we're going into the future with, we can't make that with old technology. So <laughs> I don't know what to do. Right. Well, I was I was listening to an interesting interview with a cardiologist, and he was talking about how he visited Sweden, and he thought that they were ten years behind in like pacemaker tech. And then at the longer he stayed there and learned about their process, he realized that that was an intentional decision. They had stopped getting new pacemakers because they found one that was like sustainable to make and actually affordable for pretty much everybody who wants a pacemaker. Oh, wow. And so like that principle could be applied to more things. Like we really don't need to ever make a better phone, honestly. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, at some point you'll reach the pinnacle of, or not necessarily the pinnacle, but like the useful pinnacle of, anything right in design you know and i guess once we get there with everything <laughs> it'll it'll start curving itself you know well the, the, there's two things about that one i completely agree and i think we're there now with our phone tech sure i don't think i really think that the the like jeff was saying that the we can't really upgrade it that much more at this point and mm-hmm. get a benefit that we can actually see like right. we have we have phones that are so much better um however and and mercury's in retrograde and i just lost my point Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> um oh new technology will advance right so we've talked about this before how we're going to start going from phones to other technologies and sure. in order to get those the supplies for those technologies we're just going to keep doing the same thing so so we really have to be it has to be conscious thought on the creation of new tech like it has to be ingrained like into new tech like we can't release something until we can also have it sustainable right yeah okay so i've got a a point that wraps up your point there and the point about india and the point about manufacturing so bear with me as i try to muscle through this thought here okay um so Justin was talking about how we need to move shift focus from China to wherever the next manufacturing, you know, is is going to be done. Uh, and Rab, you mentioned the whole um, if we if we can improve how we create things, you know, we we can you know decrease as well. Um, and all this ties back into the phone and in that if we shift focus to say India where a majority of the manufacturing looks like it's going to be done uh, and help them build the infrastructure they need to create sustainably, you know, to, to manufacture sustainably. I, I think that is the big key to doing it is not just saying, okay, well now we need to worry about how much, you know, you know, gases are, are, are being let into the atmosphere by India. We have to just start, you know, watching their, their fuel usage. If instead we, we assist them in building better processes and, you know, moving into the future in a more sustainable way, you know, we can, pr- we can just head off that whole issue entirely. 
you know. Sure. Um, and in the same way with with devices, if we continue to improve the way we manufacture those devices, including the current trend in technology, which has been the same trend for a while, which is just making things smaller and smaller and more discreet, you know, the, the fewer um, materials we're using in manufacturing those things, the, the more sustainable they become as well. You know, right. so as this tech gets smaller, you know, if we can stop using, you know, the, 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 the materials needed for like the phone cases and the glass and all that and, and move that into another device that's more discreet and easier or not necessarily easier to manufacture, but more sustainable to manufacture. Sure. I think that's a great way to, to not have to cap where we go with technology, but to regulate how we get there. Yeah. I'm not saying don't innovate, definitely innovate um, like factory processes for sure. And even the devices too, like if we stopped at our current level of phone technology, right? And didn't decided, okay, well, we're not going to try to ever release the iPhone. What are they even on now? 16. Um, we're never going to try that one um, until CPUs and, you know, the parts that go into phones get two times smaller. Like we're just yeah. not even going to attempt it until, until maybe 15 years, 20 years. You know what I mean? Like there's... I'm not saying net stop completely, just there's no need to make minor improvements. Right. How do you stop, or I guess not stop, how do you encourage companies to do that? You know, like, because currently the idea is figure out what people want, figure out the cheapest way to make what people want, and then deliver it at the highest price possible. And that and also figuring into that planned op obsolescence you know for right. a lot of things that we purchase on a daily basis H how do you encourage companies to shift their their focus on those things you know does that have to be a societal shift or definitely a societal shift it's a three-prong process like, as far as I can see it, it's like a three-prong process. So the first thing you have to do is you have to make it cool to do the right thing. And so you have to have proper influencers do doing the right thing, um, which is almost – I mean, it's it's stupid. I, I hate thinking about it because it it drives me nuts. Um, but with, with popular culture, you really have to, like, we mimic the people that we admire. So you have to have the people that are admired doing the right thing and talking about it. So from a societal shift, yes, that's definitely something that we need to do from the business side of things. There's only one thing that, that a government has to be able to pull that lever, which is tax breaks. Um, at least specifically here in America, the only thing that we can do is, is as the public is to give companies tax breaks to do the right thing. But we can never make those tax breaks big enough for them to do the right thing. And there's other problems like some of those companies don't pay taxes anyway. Um, so there's only so much that we can do from like a, a government standpoint. And the only way to change the... Um, I mean, it's going to be really hard to change a company's viewpoint on it because the only thing that a company is motivated, motivated by is profit. So if they can't make profit or they lose market share by holding off on making the new thing and therefore releasing the hype around the new thing and they can't make that up and they're not growing, then that starts messing with the stock market. It starts messing with a whole bunch of stuff. And so it's it's almost an impossible thing to do, but it has to start with the people who are making, who are in charge of companies. It has to start coming from the investors that own the companies. They, they've got to want to do the right thing. And unfortunately, the only thing that they're motivated by is profit. So they have to see the benefit and the profit. Long, sure. yeah. I mean, I can keep going on this for like another three hours, so I'm just gonna I mean, leave it. It sounds <laughs> like capitalism is the cause of 
right <laughs> of climate change when we talk about it like this. And what yeah. I was going to say is, I I actually don't think um it's tax breaks. I think really taxes is the way out in the sense that um uh putting kind of like a lifestyle cap on what you know a billion dollars can buy you. And one way to do that is to you know tax those people to the point where they don't have that money anymore right yeah and then everybody uses bitcoin and it doesn't matter like there's eh. <laughs> well i do think that that is a, a relevant criticism to say like yes people will try to find a way around it and you know it's not um it's not as simple as just like voting in the right politician yeah hmm. so a shift from consumerism to what like moral conservatism and moral might not be the right word but you would have to you would ecological conservatism i don't i don't want to be this person i don't want to be this person but you have to move farther from a i mean and this is a criticism but you have to move farther away from the uh, fascist slash oligarchy slash um, uh, corporate consumerism towards a model that favors a more um, socially conscious type of government, something more like a a democratic socialist type of like thing with not going full communism i'm not saying that i'm not saying full communism capitalism actually is capitalism (laughs) has actually done a lot of really good things they actually has um however it's also done the worst things and and i equate that very similarly to something like the Catholic church, right. It has done very, very good things. And it's done very, very terrible, horrible, bad things. And that's the same way with, with capitalism. It does. It's, it's two sides of the same coin. Right. Um, so we'd have to change. That's all there is to it. Well, even Marx thought capitalism was great. He, um, he, he, uh, you know, thought that it was just a stage that history would progress through. I mean, that seems to have been proven wrong, unfortunately. Well, I mean, maybe it hasn't. Maybe we're still just moving through it. But yeah, that's very true. It just could take th- him longer than he thought. I think we all just need to be like Bhutanese. You know what I mean? How they they track, you know, instead of GDP, uh, they track, you know, global happiness. Yeah. As a metric, like unless, of course, like what ends up making us really happy is what's destroying the world i guess that's a different thing i mean it is i mean that's i mean that's proven like destroying this world is what's made more people happy than not or we could be like north korea i mean they're not very big emitters that's true they're also not happy they seem pretty happy over there yeah i don't i don't really know anything about the North government Koreans, bro, the, bro the government tells us they're super happy yeah. so <laughs> you know that's all we got to go on um speaking of um and since we're we're talking about technology um there's there's also other types of armageddon um and one of those is technology-based armageddons um from everything from popular movies that we've had to tv shows to um literature there's just technology being the focus of of armageddon so boomers Um, talking about ai currently yeah yeah that's how boomers talk about ai right now for sure um but i don't necessarily want to talk about the different types of technology like i'd like to know what you guys think would be the funniest technology version of an apocalypse Hmm. so so what what technology do we currently have that if it took over would be the funniest to you i got one all right so so it's um it's phones and it's the current trend of phones so we never have like you know good ai we only have the ai that like chooses what to show you 
Um, mm. And phones continue to get smaller and smaller. So the, the the world ends just because people are looking at like tiny little flakes on desks all day, and that's it. <laughs> Everybody just has like wicked back pain. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe maybe they evolve to go into your eye, like you know, like Google Contacts kind of or something like that. And people just mm-hmm. like lay on a bed all day, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, well, they are working on the chips, right? I mean, Musk is working on working on the chips, the brain chips. So is that what you're thinking? Like, we get the brain chip, and then we're just all sitting there all day while images are being – commercials for for KFC are just being plugged into our brains 24-7? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. You got one, Jeff? Hmm. So I know I've talked about this show before, but the Mrs. Davis show on Peacock, I, I think that would be an interest. Like it doesn't, it's not apocalyptic, but like it, it would be a funny version of of how things could go. You know, it, if an AI went rogue and everybody just accepted it, and then it just slowly led us to our grave, that'd be pretty funny. Especially if we were really happy while it was happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot of overlap between yours and mine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there's actually a lot of overlap between that and mine. So I think mine's sex bots. Ah, that's so, pop into my mind. So yeah. if that, so if so if there's one AI and it controls us and it creates these sex bots that we just can't get enough of, and then we slowly just stop having progeny. And so we stop having children and then we just wipe ourselves out because we're spending all of our time. Like there's, you know, and newer and newer and newer versions start coming out and people throw them away. So if like you're homeless and you don't have anything, like you just go take one out of somebody's garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think that that's probably a really funny way to go. I read an article the other day uh, about actually it might've been just like a meme on Reddit. But it had a screenshot of an article about um, how the Neuralink device must have said something along the lines of, you'll be able to like give yourself an orgasm on demand with <laughs> the Neuralink. And so that's another funny potential way to go, is we just all get the ability to orgasm on demand, and we just like dehydrate ourselves to death in bed every day. <laughs> Duncan, Duncan Trussell actually said that on Rogan. Um, he? He's, yeah, he's, he was saying that there would be... like. Because somebody's going to hack it, right? So you'll have somebody that'll hack the system and just start giving whoever orgasms. Like the President of the United States is just like making a speech and all of a sudden you see Biden just keel over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the best worm ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just the worm you know, worm. If, if you have an enemy, you can kill him with pleasure. Just keep triggering over and over again. What a way to go. Damn. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a way to go. Uh, which so there's been lots of movies about about technology um taking over and making an apocalypse right and which one so which one do you guys think it would be most likely of the ones that you've seen like based out of like a movie or a book or whatever wally <laughs> wally's <laughs> a good one that's a really good one I, mean, I guess that, that's um, less technology doing it than us doing it to ourselves and technology suffering the consequences. But sure, but I mean, I I, I think in in a way, um, mine and Wiggy's visions of the future involve like massive production of something. So I mean, the Wally universe could happen after that. Yeah, I don't think we ever get to Star Trek. I don't think that happens. I, well, think I, I mean, not in that scenario. I I, think... I do think that we get to Star Trek eventually, though. I do. I'm, I'm a eternal optimist in that i just think it's gonna happen sure yeah i think that one's utopian my personal opinion i think that one's utopian i think that's too far out well that's okay i'm allowed to be just me it's okay yeah yeah it's okay have you guys heard (laughs) of the the book series uh a psalm for the wild built no um it's a a book series about a um i haven't read it myself somebody told me about it i i got the audiobook but i haven't listened to it yet uh, but the premise is that humans shunned technology shortly after robots and AI were created. And the robots and the AI were thrown into the wild, out into just nature. Hmm. And then humans decided to, to kind of wall themselves off from technology and what they had built 
and it's about a human going out into nature and discovering these robots and AI who are connecting with nature and like wondering, you know, you know, becoming conscious of themselves and aware of the fact that they're not dying and the world around them is dying. And what does that mean on a greater scale, you know? Um, and it's, it's basically about a robot monk um, just figuring out, you know, what it means to be alive, but robotic in a world where, you know, you shouldn't exist. I don't know. It, it's along those lines as far as like cool. a, a, post-apocalyptic kind of setting sounds interesting what do you think grab i was gonna say left behind <laughs> you guys know those <laughs> yeah know. oh it's the um it's the christian fundamentalist book series about like um uh the apocalypse the biblical apocalypse happening armageddon actually and um and it's about what happens on earth like after the rapture Oh, okay. So people are just left over, and that's it's about yeah. those people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't read a lot of books about the apocalypse. I have read those books, though. Actually, <laughs> they're pretty corny. That's super fun. I think mine. I think the one that's most likely to happen. I mean, if we continue along the path that we're following along, and we're specifically mentioning technology as the focal point. I think the Matrix is probably the most likely. Oh, that's a good one. Um, because we have an AI that takes over um, eventually, and it starts to create its own um, its own mechanisms of keeping itself alive. You know, starts either using us as either like slaves or as a food pro as as a food source. You know, and there's a, at some point, either through the AI itself or through us, a nuke goes off, forcing different changes. I think think that's the one that's most likely to happen to me. Right. And um, they could always, uh, I mean, I think in the original Matrix, right, the original plot was that they were using people as RAM. And then in the movie, it was actually that they were using um, people as batteries. But in a way, it could be a climate change related one, too, where like, Maybe the best way to prevent climate change climate change is just go into a tube and let a computer do all your thoughts. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, it's not beyond the the human nature to um, give up its leadership role to something that it thinks can do the job better. Um, and we're we're already on that track anyway. Like most people would give up their freedom if they knew that they would be either taken care of or that something could change for the better if we give up those freedoms. And that's, I mean, that's been proven time of time after time and it happens and it's happened to us recently. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. A bit crazy, but I think my actual like favorite post-apocalyptic scenario involving technology would be like a, um, I have no mouth, but I must scream kind of future. You know, where technology comes, it realizes we're a plague, it eliminates all of us, but it gets real bored and keeps a few alive, you know, just to to mess with them. Out of <laughs> Have you guys ever read that or played the like old 80s video game of it? I have not read it. I have played the old 80s video game like maybe for an hour and it was gotcha. pretty interesting. It is. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's such a, and it's like kind of on a, like a Rocco's Basilisk kind yeah, of. Yeah, for sure. Like, weird spectrum, I don't know. Look up that one on your own risk, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. You guys are definitely weirder than I am. Um, <laughs> so, uh, moving, moving from tech, what about either meteors or aliens as the apocalypse so we have we also have lots of movies and fiction and things along this line as well we have everything from the armageddon movie itself to things like independence day um do you, which do you think it would be it, it's the same questions so which do you think is more likely and which do you think is funnier so i think um i mean this is not actually answering your question unfortunately um, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think that the people are really fascinated in that stuff because it's like a 
almost like a fantasy of the whole world going out at once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you, you're the end of you is the end of all experience. Like I think people have a fantasy like that. And I mean, I guess that goes for all apocalyptic stuff, but like meteors and aliens, especially like just things that come out of the blue and end it all. I think the most likely and the funniest for me are actually the same, which is the um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy scenario where oh, yeah. it, it ends up that we're just in the way of some project and they're just going to blow up the world. You know, like we're so insignificant that it's not even a, a blip on their radar kind of thing. Very true. Well, <laughs> my mine is that I think the most likely is probably that we get hit from an asteroid out of the per se meteor showers. So so as the world rotates um, and we fly through space the way that we do, um, there's I can't I don't remember if it's once or twice a year um, we go through this area of space that is covered in meteors um and giant space rocks and we pass through that space often and it's believed that a lot of the impacts that we have had in the world are because we move through that that um that area of space right and so I think that that's probably the most likely if we're looking at it from an asteroid or alien uh, thought process. Um, now, what I think is the most funny, I mean, the most funny has got to be by far, um, gosh, Mercury's Mess Immunity again. What's mm-hmm. that What's the movie called um, where everybody gets stupid? Oh, uh, Idiocracy idiocracy so i think that's what happens but the reason why that happens is because we so i i'm i agree with the whole um we're just an alien experiment idea Mm. and i think they're done with their experiment and they've just left us to rot and that's the direction we're going um it's just towards getting super stupid and you know thinking that gatorade is what the body needs and nothing else and stop producing water and uh, i think that's probably the funniest um there's also the uh, i'm gonna mention this it doesn't have anything to do with either aliens or meteors um but overall i think overall the funniest is um the movie the end where like a giant where like the actual um like biblical apocalypse happens and (laughs) there's giant demons walking around with giant dicks and like (laughs) (laughs) i gotta see this movie this is the end yeah it's like a seth rogan judd uptow kind of thing gotcha such a good movie um it's so stupid um but it's not my favorite channing tatum role that's for sure oh you know, nice. by far by far you've got to see it rap and yeah, you've got to sure. talk to us about it because it's so good <laughs> it's so fucking funny yeah so i think that one's probably the funniest um, i have overall. i have legitimate like psychological damage because of the rapture like growing up in the christian church and like, especially in a holiness movement church, which is all about like celebrating the fact that the end times are here and it's about to end, you know, kind of thing. Every time I hear a loud horn out of nowhere, I am positive the world is coming to an end. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> like, and as a kid, it was really bad. Like, like I would be at school and eleven o'clock would roll around on a Friday, and they test the like tornado alarms, and I would have a panic attack because i would think for sure that you know jesus has come back everybody all my family and everything's gonna be gone because i'm a horrible sinner and they're all really good and i'm gonna be on the struggle bus forever you know i was just about (laughs) to say i was just about to say every friday at 11 o'clock when they test the tornado sirens is that what happens to you yep every time every time Uh, oh man Oh, so so one last question: How long do we think we've got? Whether or not it's climate change, 
aliens, meteors, technology. How much time do you think we have left before something happens that we can't control? I gone. think it's impossible to predict for anything besides climate change. And and my current thoughts on climate change uh, are just that I, I feel like humanity will make it. I think Earth will make it, obviously. I think humanity will make it as well. I just really do think that we could see the collapse of this current order in a way that would be so strange to us you know, looking back on this time, you know, assuming we we particularly survived it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that humanity will endure. I think the human spirit is is powerful enough that we're, we'll get into space and we'll become, you know, just germs spread across this universe eventually, you know. Um, and I again, Earth is going to be fine. You know, there, there will never become a point. I don't think until the sun goes out or swallows us up, whichever happens first, you know, um, where the earth will not have life on it. You know, there'll be life of some kind, you know, it may not be us at that point, but, um, it's not to say that I don't actually, it is to say, I don't worry about the apocalypse. (laughs) It doesn't even pop (laughs) into my mind. You know, it's it's something to talk about for sure. I mean, climate change is certainly something that I care about and I think about. But uh, as far as the world ending, it's not even a concern for me. I know that we'll we'll go on. Right. Yeah, I I would I would say I'm in the same boat. I don't really worry about it. I do what I can to prevent, you know, trash buildup and other things that I can personally do. But I can't do a lot about climate change as a whole. Right. So on your on your guys' thoughts. So I'm gonna make a, a wild statement here. Um it's considered wild by everything that's mainstream. Um if Randall Carson and Graham Hancock are correct um about the um meteor showers that hit us and the gosh what's that called man mercury is doing a job today (laughs) who what's that called um so randall carlson um is a geologist um and he found evidence of this thing that happened um a certain amount of time ago we we essentially had an apocalypse um i mean there have been several extinction level events on earth you know yeah and and one of them um is a new or newer thought um and i can't believe it's this hard to find oh my lord okay anyway i'm gonna go without saying what it's called you guys can look up randall carlson and graham hancock on your own um essentially a meteor shower happened and we were in the middle of the ice age and so what they're thinking happened is we were in the middle of the ice age and we like something happened like like going through the per se meteor shower or something similar and and we were hit by asteroids or meteors whichever they are and we they were hit directly were hit directly in the ice caps and it created this giant flooding throughout the world, um, which is also like this this type of thing in and as an apocalypse is also mentioned in just about every single uh, history from cultures that are nowhere near each other right. around the same time. Almost all of these different cultures and civilizations recorded a mass flooding. Um, and around that time, around the same time, maybe a thousand, two thousand years later, um, according to the archaeological evidence that we have, um, we found buildings that were made by gigantic stones, Mm -hmm. um, that we did not have, that we do not think that people of that time had the technology to move or cut with the precision that they had. Um, examples of those are the pyramids um, 
and Stonehenge and um, a multitude of different of, of different places around the world. And they were all, as far as we can tell, they were all made around the same time period. Um, this is also the same era um, around the same time period where the written word, um, and I talked about this before, where the written word was created or found. Um, we have no prior um, evidence of the written word before this point. And there's an idea that an ancient civilization existed before that period hmm. and survived. Um, not from a, a, like a mass survival, but just a few. Sure. Uh, and there were other humans and other civilizations around, but none of them were as a technology technologically advanced as this civilization and that this civilization traveled like who was remaining. They traveled throughout the world, giving languages and giving the technological methods to be able to do these things that for people that we thought were just hunter and gatherers at this point. And there there's evidence to speak to this. And so back to the original point that you guys are making is that you think like we'll survive it if something happens. Yeah. If this is correct, there's already proof that we will. Sure. So I think what you're describing is the younger Dryas impact. Yes. Theory. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> younger Dryas <laughs> impact theory yeah. followed up, followed up by Graham Hancock's, um, apocalypse i think it's called apocalypse on netflix yeah um, yeah i know what you're talking about and, and this it, this is something that i i personally think is probably true uh, i think this goes back to the the atlantean wound theory that i talked about previously on another episode yeah um the idea that there was, was a society that was lost and that were essentially like the evolved um, ancient apocalypse yeah ancient apocalypse yeah yeah um but yeah, no, I, I think that's interesting. Um, I, I I think uh, for the spiritually minded out there, you know, look into the the Atlantean wound and and what Atlantis actually means because it's not what is portrayed in popular media, you know. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's true too. I mean, and it could have been that civilization because they would have been far enough, according to anything that we can put together, they would have been far enough south um where they would have had the impact like so the sahara desert used to be a tropical jungle um there's evidence of this and now it's all just sand and the prevailing theory is that um water came up um just the water rose and destroyed everything and when it went back out and it receded it left nothing but sand um and so, yeah, like, like it definitely could have been Atlantis um, as that that technologically advanced group. Uh, I mean, who knows? But it's a fun thing to think about. Um, and I so with that point, because this is something that I I think is probably accurate. Then, yeah, I agree. I think we can make it through it, um, no matter what happens. We're pretty pretty versatile. We are resilient beings. It's for sure. Yeah. And and on that note, um I mean, thank you everybody for for suffering through my yeah. uh <laughs> we're, we're gonna leave it we're gonna leave it in. Um thanks everybody yeah. for suffering through my <laughs> my brain fog of death. All um, you resilient beings, you. Yeah, yeah tune in next you... time as this really long extended Mercury retrograde continues to affect us. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long this goes on. Uh, <laughs> Next week's episode will be called Um. Uh, yeah, we'll call it Um. Well, thank you everybody for listening to us today, and we hope that um, you listen to us again in the future. And uh, we hope you guys had a great time, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.